Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Let's get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, folks. Well, here we are, another week, another day, and we are into the new year for sure. Hope everybody's been having a great new year. Hope that we have uh, made resolutions, and if we haven't, it's never too late. You know, it's always funny with these New Year's resolutions. We start to ask ourselves, oh, did I make the right resolution? Am I am I thinking correctly? Uh, did I, you know, gosh, did I overstep? Should I not have, uh, you know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't do that one or something along those lines. You know, there's always those questions. Uh, will I be able to keep it? The biggest, the biggest question I have is, what kind of resolution did I make? Did I make a good spiritual resolution? Did I make a personal, strictly personal resolution? Um, you know, was it a kind of a selfish resolution? I don't know. I guess the main thing that I think of, you know, from a secular world perspective, it really doesn't matter. You just kind of pick a resolution and you feel feel it out and you tell yourself, hey, what am I going to um what am I going to accomplish here this month? What am I going to do? Uh, differently this month. How can the earth, not this month, I should say this year, right? So it's for the whole year. What is it that I'm going to do that's going to change my life for the better? And a lot of times it's, you know, the, the classic one and you're going to see all the commercials and everybody trying to sell you exercise equipment because we're in that time of year where everybody might feel guilty about eating too much or uh, always kind of thinks, oh, I'm going to get in better shape this year. And here's what I can do for myself. So those are all great resolutions. Um, it's always good to be physically healthy. What I wonder is how many times do we make a resolution where I say, hey, I want to get spiritually healthy. I want to, the same way I can look uh, at those commercials, look at people trying to sell me exercise equipment, look at all these different things. Where can I um, get my spiritual exercise equipment? What does my soul look like? Does it look pretty weak? 
or is it pretty strong? Am I building spiritual muscle? Really, that's kind of the question of the day because that's the spiritual resolution that I would think that we would do. Um, you know, when we come here to uh, a radio station like Virgin Most Powerful Radio or any Catholic radio station, where can I get more spiritual growth uh, from a healthy perspective? Because I think just like the body, you know, we can feed it so many different things and we can be uh, physically healthy. We can eat our vegetables. We can eat our, our healthy foods or we can just gorge on desserts, uh, which isn't going to be good for anybody. Um, same way, spiritually speaking, we can fill our souls with good, healthy, um, spiritual food, or we can make decisions to, uh, to not, you know, we can make decisions to say to not necessarily, you know, one of the things is this, <laughs> it's not necessarily that we decide, oh, I'm going to go do something bad or spirit, do something spiritually corrupt. But no, it wouldn't usually come in that form. I think sometimes it's, we say that we're going to do good things in our life, which we try to, um, but at the same time, we'll make exceptions here and there. We'll make exceptions in terms of, you know what, I'll go watch that movie. I know that there's some swear words in there. I know that they break the second commandment, but it's not that bad. You know, I'll, I'll just ignore those parts. Oh, the movie says that it's got nudity and it's got, you know, perhaps sexual uh, content. Oh, but you know what? It's such a good theme to that movie. The real question is, should I be watching it at all? Does it really matter? You know, can I read the book? Uh, did the movie really need to include so many different things? Or is it just trying to catch more of an audience? Um, those are things that we need to think about. Things that some of my patients ask me about. You know, and then the question is, does it affect us spiritually? Absolutely. So it's going to affect us. Anything we do is going to affect us because in the world of spirituality, in the world of us um, having spiritual growth, getting closer to Christ, that's really what our show is going to be about today is how do we get closer to Christ? The one thing I would say is there's no compromise. You know, we've got to start with the Holy Spirit. We've got to start figuring out What's the Holy Spirit doing in my life? What is it that the Holy Spirit is there for? We got to start asking ourselves, am I going to Christ through his mother? Am I praying the rosary? Am I thinking about how Our Lady is involved in my life so I can get closer to Christ? Or am I making little exceptions here and there? Well, here's what I can tell you, folks. In the world of deliverance, in the world of spirituality, where we look at um what happened to an energumen? An energumen is somebody who feels that they have been influenced by um, the demonic forces, somebody who's been possessed by the devil, somebody who's being oppressed by the devil, somebody who's having all these different things happen because of dark forces. One of the most important questions to ask when somebody presents to a deliverance session and comes and says, Father, well, we need help. And usually what will happen is this. It's they come, they, they'll call an office or they'll call somebody, talk to somebody and they'll say, hey, I need help in my life here. Uh, I think that there's all this going on. Uh, I've got all these dark forces uh, working in my life. I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. Uh, my loved ones are telling me that I'm uh, really in a bad mood, irritable all the time. I'm speaking in, in a weird tongue sometimes, or they told me that I'm, they hear me growling and I don't even remember it. And I don't, and you know, time passes and there's things I don't remember happening. Three days will go by. I have no idea what happened during those three days. This is not uncommon. This can happen. Well, I should say it's not uncommon for somebody who's truly, truly 
being influenced, uh, truly being severely oppressed, uh, and the extremely rare possession. But while that's happening, those are the symptoms people will have. One of the challenges with that is this. People come and then we have to ask them, how did this happen? What door was open? Where, where did the door open to the spiritual realm? Um, obviously towards the negative side, the dark side of the spiritual realm. Who opened the door? How was it open? More than likely, it's going to be the person. At times, you do get family curses. You do get um, different things that come with that, uh, or that, that that person has experience in their family lineage, things along those lines. But for the most part, you got to ask yourself, what did you do? How was this invited in? Because that's the one thing to consider uh, with the spiritual realm is that demons will always go where they're not being resisted, where they're being invited, where um, d doors are being open. And a lot of people say, Dr. Sandoval, how do I get rid of this? I really feel like I can't control this anymore. And that's true. It can get to that point. I remember this is very, very rare. It's, it's very rare to even get to that point of obsessions or oppressions. For the most part, most of us, we're just going to experience temptations, regular temptations in our lives. But, but those temptations, even at the level of temptation, we don't have to go to those other levels of of oppression or of uh, vexation or anything along those lines. Even at the level of temptation, the question is, what is the temptation? Where, where is it going to influence us? How do I know I'm being tempted? Where am I going to open the doors? I don't want to open the doors. You know, a lot of times when people read uh, um, scriptures and we hear Christ say, you know, there's only one sin that's not going to be forgiven, and that's a sin against the Holy Spirit. People have different reactions. They'll say, oh, what is that sin? So I never commit it. Other people say, don't even tell me what that sin is. I never want to know what that sin is, lest I am responsible for it. Well, in the same way, I would say you kind of need to know what these doors are. You know, it's important to understand what the sin against the Holy Spirit is so we don't commit it, um, <clears throat> which really is not accepting God's mercy at the end of the day, not accepting God's providential uh, love not accepting that God truly can forgive all of our sins, believing that my sins are greater than God's forgiveness. That, those are really the sins against the Holy Spirit. So not accepting God's mercy, well, where do I go? I mean, in order to get into heaven, that's the only ticket into heaven. But when it comes to myself getting closer to Christ and not getting to that point where I don't accept God's mercy, let's go even before that. Let's nip it in the bud. What do I need to do? I need to nip it in the level of the senses. The senses are truly our door um, to the spiritual world, to the spiritual realm. That's how we allow things in. That's how the energumen or somebody who comes in for deliverance sessions, we say, what did you do? You know, what did you say? What did you, uh, um, where's there a cursed piece of food that you tasted? Uh, it was there uh, something that you saw? You know, did you open your heart to something else? What did you hear? Were you listening to incantations? If you think about it, when somebody casts a spell on somebody, is it the words that come out of my mouth or is it that it has to be received? It has to be heard. It somehow has to be, there has to have been some transmission through the senses. Um, you know, what is it that I'm watching as far as movies? What is it that I'm hearing as far as music? What is it that I'm uh, experiencing overall? Or the world around me? What have I set up? These are the important things to consider, and this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to come up on the break right now, but what I really want to focus on is how do I get closer to myself? Only focus on the positive spiritual world. More after the break.
All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today we're talking a little bit about what is it that we're allowing into our Catholic home. And by Catholic home, I don't mean where we live. Well, technically where we live every day. What I really mean is what are we allowing into our temple of the Holy Spirit, our own bodies? That's the Catholic home where we invite the Holy Spirit to come in and live with us. Remember, I'm going to focus a lot on the Holy Spirit this year. I want to I want to see what role does the Holy Spirit play in our lives. It seems to be the forgotten third person of the Trinity sometimes. Um, but we got to remember that he is the sweet guest of our soul. He is the sweet guest of our temple. How do we invite him and how do we use our senses uh, to really invite in heaven into our lives to fill our to fill us with heaven and that way we can live a life where i bet you a whole lot of the stress that's going on a whole lot of the depression that's going on in people's lives because i hear about it every day will probably go away a lot of that inclination to do bad things will probably go away and what i mean by go away is really just not even exist it's kind of like somebody who might be tempted to take your pick, eat ice cream all day long and not know how to stop themselves. But then also, and wishes that, gosh, I just wish that I didn't even have that influence. I wish I didn't even have that thought versus somebody else. If you look at them and they say, God, I never even think about ice cream. It's not even in my radar. Like, I'm, I'm sorry you're affected that way, but it doesn't even, gosh, it doesn't even register for me. That's where I want to get with the level of sin, with the level of temptation where it's like, you know what? That doesn't even affect me. It doesn't register for me at all. But the question is, how can we do that? Are the senses truly a door that will lead us towards good or bad? Absolutely, because that's how we come to understand the natural world. You know, our senses are what lead us to the natural world. Well, let me share a story with you because sometimes I know that there have been some really, really good podcasts that I've listened to lately um, on deliverance and exorcism and uh, they tell stories of people who have been influenced in a very dark way um, and wonderful narrations uh, of people saying, hey, you know, this is of a priest actually opening up his his uh, his prior experiences and talking about, yeah, you know, this is what happened to me. This is what uh, um, uh, as I was doing exorcism ministry, these are the different stories, but they tell it in a very nice uh, story way. One of the questions that some of the listeners of those have is, can I be spiritually influenced? Can I become possessed? Can I uh, have negative things happen in my life because I listened to uh, these podcasts or because I listened to these uh, stories about demonic forces and things along those lines? Now, the priest will tell you, and I understand where he's coming from, he'll say, no way, there's no way that you can be influenced I would never put out a product to possess people or something. Obviously, that wouldn't even make sense. And that's true. Absolutely. However, I would dare say, yes, people can be influenced because it depends what uh, what your disposition is with listening to these stories or why even bring that in to your life. Why even um, allow any form of negativity uh, to enter around you if that's not proper to your state in life or you don't need to listen to it. One of the challenges with deliverance ministry is people become obsessed with hearing about the demonic, learning about the demonic, trying to understand the demonic. And really, if you look at it, I mean, after you listen to about three, four lectures, 
you've read a book maybe by Gar uh, Father Gabriel Amorth or one of Father Ripperger's books. That's about it. And the story doesn't change much. You get different stories, but the, uh, the level of uh, knowledge you're going to gain by continuing to uh, hear more, read more, it's not going to grow much. What I can tell you is all as far as the experience that uh, I've seen or what are the things that I have uh, uh, seen happen, things, things I've experienced because of dealing with this world <clears throat> is I do know that people can become influenced diabolically by listening to certain things, whether it be music, uh, whether it be movies, whether it be podcasts or whatever it is, depending on where the uh, disposition of your soul is. And are you listening to your guardian angel? Are you listening to what God is telling you? So one time when I was working at a clinic, I had a patient referred to me uh, because she had gone to the emergency department and she had become uh, probably oppressed by a, a demonic force. That's that's all that could have happened in this particular case. And what happened was this. She had been with her daughter. Uh, it was a Friday night, something along those lines. And her daughter wanted to watch one of these uh, devil-type movies, possession movies. I don't remember specifically which one it was. But take your pick. They became very popular in Hollywood, whether it was The Right or The Conjuring or... Um, you know, any of the exorcism movies, take your pick. It was one of these movies that she wanted to watch. The important thing was that she decided to watch it with her daughter. And she said she kind of knew that she shouldn't be watching it. There was something about the movie, something about while she was watching it, when she was going to watch it, that she thought, I, I kind of probably, I shouldn't be uh, um, watching this movie. Like it, it's kind of scaring me, but on a different level, you know, she said uh, when I talked to her, well, I'll tell you what happened when I talked to her, but she watched this movie and she gets to the emergency department. She ends up in the emergency department because she's per the story from the emergency department. And then what she told me when we were in clinic and we'll get to that is she went to the emergency department because she started to hear things and see things that weren't there technically, or that people around her could not hear or see, you know, she was watching it. Like I said, with her daughter, her daughter was older in college. Uh, this is in, this lady was probably in her fifties, uh, late fifties. And she said, all of a sudden, she started to hear voices, and the voices were not good, and they were telling her really bad things, and they were telling her that she was going to die, that she should kill people, that she was no good. Uh, and she literally was hearing this around the house. And she started to see shadows all over the house. Her daughter could not see them or hear anything. And she, she told her daughter, you can't hear that. And she was just spooked and freaked out. She said she ran to her room, and her daughter did not know what was going on with her, what was wrong with her. And it was really scary for her and it was really scary for for her daughter it was scary for for the patient because she thought these things were real you know and then it was scary for the daughter to see her mom that way because she said what's going on there's nothing i'm not hearing anything i'm not seeing anything and you are freaking me out you know what is going on what are you hearing and she says can't you hear that and she said she was in terror she was in terror while this was happening she was cowered away in a corner in terror scared out of her wits and didn't know what to do about it <clears throat> so her daughter said, Mom, we gotta get we gotta get you some help. She said, Something's going on. You're not doing well. I'm afraid you're gonna die because of, of how you're acting. So obviously, if one of our loved ones is gonna die, we call 911, which they did. Call 911. The paramedics didn't know what to do with her. They just, you know, knew that she was scared and they just told her she was there. They were there to help her, put her in the gurney, they drove her to the hospital. She went to the emergency department. She told them the symptoms she was having. Um, and she told him the story too. She said, you know, this happened after um, I watched this movie 
And all of a sudden I'm hearing voices and I'm seeing things that can't happen. Okay. So what do they do? Emergency department. They call the psychiatric consult. There's nothing else wrong with her. They try to check her out, check out her heart. It's okay. They check out her, all her lab work, you know, her sodium levels are okay. Her potassium levels are okay. All her metabolic stuff is doing good. Um, there are no problems with her otherwise physically. They did their due diligence. They did a CT scan of the head, obviously, because it's called an altered level of consciousness. And this is acute, uh, meaning that she's not thinking clearly. She's on a different plane mentally. We got to figure out if there's any brain damage. What's going on? Why is she not thinking correctly? Why, why is she hearing these voices all of a sudden? Keep in mind, this lady had no psychiatric history before this. There was no history of her ever having any psychosis, hearing voices, delusions, anything along those lines. She just started experiencing this literally after watching this movie about demonic possession. It came into her life, right? So all of a sudden, she's in the emergency department. They get a psychiatric consult. They come evaluate her. They say, yeah, based on what you're telling us, you're hearing voices, you're disorganized, you're having what we would call an acute psychosis. So they prescribe her medication for the acute psychosis. She is uh, placed in her uh, overnight for observation in the hospital because this is concerning. Her head imaging, her CT of her head, her CAT scan as we call it, nothing wrong with it. Her brain looked good. There was no, no changes or anything like that, which is a good thing, obviously. But then that leaves all the doctors baffled, right? Because... When somebody comes into an emergency department, we're looking for concrete evidence of a medical situation. Somebody's not thinking clearly. I'm thinking they have brain trauma, head contusion, something. Do they have a concussion? Did something influence their thought process? Do they have any medical conditions that could be influencing their thought process? Are they diabetic? Do they take too much insulin? Are they hypoglycemic? Is there, you know, do they have a history of strokes? Do they have a blood pressure that's out of control that could be influencing strokes? What is causing somebody to not think clearly? Do they have a history of thyroid disease and all of a sudden they didn't take their medication and their thyroid is off? There's so many different things that can happen. If somebody's very, very, very elderly, or not very elderly, but older and are senior citizens, do they have a urinary tract infection? That can cause symptoms of psychosis. There's usually, for the most part, a very natural explanation for somebody having um, acute, in the moment, psychosis where they're not thinking clearly, where they're hearing voices and they weren't hearing voices before. Something must have happened. Some, something uh, biological can be explained. In this case, there was absolutely nothing biological happening. The only thing she could attribute this to, and she had no reason to lie because she just wanted to get better. Her daughter just wanted her to get better. Her, her daughter uh, could corroborate this as well. Mom was fine before watching this movie. After watching this movie, she is not acting uh, herself. What else could have happened? She didn't eat anything differently, do anything differently. She was completely cleared from a physical, medical perspective. From a psychiatric perspective, she was experiencing psychosis. They could not tell why. They couldn't tell why. They could tell you, you know, the psychiatrist in the emergency department, they could tell you, yeah, she's experiencing this, but we don't know why. She told them, look, I watched this movie and I, and I probably shouldn't have, and I think that this influenced me in some way. They didn't know what to do with that. They said, no, that doesn't happen. Just because you watch a movie, watching a movie doesn't change you into a, a, a moment of psychosis. I shouldn't do that. In this particular case, though, she come, She was referred to me. They said, hey, let's send her back to psychiatry. They called the chief of psychiatry, the, the, the guy in charge of the department at the time. 
They said, hey, we're going to send this person to you. This is an odd case. We don't know what to do with it. Now, I had spoken to this person before, and we spoke a little bit about spirituality, and he knew my take on it, and he knew that uh, I was Catholic, and he knew that I believed in demonic possession, that I, that I dealt with demonic influence in, in my patients, and uh, that I always did a spiritual uh, background evaluation, as all psychiatrists should do. Uh, it doesn't mean that I try to convert anybody to Catholicism, but um, patients were very happy to speak about their faith and to speak about different things uh, going on in their life. And as a psychiatrist, we usually say, how's your spiritual life? Notice I don't ask, what religion are you? Are you practicing a particular faith? We just ask, how's your spiritual life? That's what we've got to be asking ourselves in the new year. This is what we've got to ask ourselves with our resolutions. How is my spiritual life? Am I focused on my spiritual life, material life? Just like this lady, she didn't, she, you know, she saw this movie and we'll get to what happened in, in our, in our clinic visit and what we talked about, but she saw this movie and something inside of her told her she shouldn't be watching it. Well, what was that inside of her telling her that? We'll get to that. But at the same time, how many times did we just say, ah, you know, the material is not going to influence my spiritual life. Well, after the break, folks, we're going to get into more details on what happened with this patient. Alright folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today we're talking about how do we allow Holy Spirit in our lives, especially in this coming year. How do I get the Holy Spirit to work in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, so that I can be more perfected and become more like Christ, and then present myself to the Father in that way? And what role does the Virgin Mary play in this? Well, as we're going to get to that, we're going to, we got to look at what happens when things go wrong. What happens when we think that, you know, we're going about our everyday business and our everyday life, but things didn't exactly go right. All of a sudden I didn't use my senses in a positive way, in a way that God would have wanted me to. Why? Because the world tells me no, because I have to listen to my individual relationship with God. I have to listen to my individual um, inkling from my uh guardian angel, whatever messages I'm getting on a spiritual level, because there is that sense that the world doesn't talk about. It's that extra sense. It's the, you know, some people say the sixth sense. Oh, I can hear things. I can see things, something paranormal. I don't think it's paranormal at all. I think that our soul is constantly being influenced, but we don't pay attention to our soul. Sometimes we get messages, we get inklings, we get nudges, and we wonder what that is because it's not physical, it's internal, it's an internal movement. And that's the spiritual world. That's the soul. That's how angels work. Our guardian angel works. We say that the angels act on a place, there is movement, but there's no physical uh, aspect to it. Well, remember, we are physical, we are body, but we also have a soul and we need to fine tune that supernatural part of us, that sixth sense of ours to listen to the nudges the messages we're getting from our guardian angel, from our lady, from God, to move our life in a certain direction. How do I know that our senses are important in that connection, though our physical senses are going to be intimately connected to uh, the, the communication with our soul and vice versa? How many times is our, do we get the nudge to look at something, to think about something, to touch something? You know, the, it, it, it goes back and forth. We cannot separate the fact that we are both physical and spiritual beings. But how do I know that? Well, listen to this. Let's read this. Let's see if this sounds familiar to anybody. Um, <clears throat> it says, when the woman, 
saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. So let's look at that. Let's break that, that down a little bit here. This is Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, right? What does this have to do with the patient I was talking about before the break? What does this have to do with us as uh, as human beings? Genesis 3, chapter 6, this is where the fall of Adam and Eve took place. You know, we do we open up our senses to the diabolic to the demonic who are we listening to as we are living our lives well the, what i read there showed a lot about what the woman was doing showed that she was um using her senses but let's look at what happened before that in verse uh, five let's actually i'll read a little bit of, of of everything here so let's back up a little bit on this one because there's a lot to unravel in this and then we can see what happened to the um, the patient I was talking about. So, when we start with Genesis chapter 3, we see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of the tree in the garden? So the first thing that had to happen here for the sin to take place was a conversation. That's the first thing that happened. And there was something verbalized by the negative side of the spiritual world. There were words put out in the atmosphere, if you will. Now, words in the atmosphere, do they really mean anything? You know, it's the added, the age-old adage, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Very philosophical. Of course it makes a sound, you know. We know how nature works. But in the spiritual realm, if there are negative spiritual words thrown out in the world, are they necessarily going to influence me? Well, it depends. You know, we can say, gosh, if somebody puts a curse from far away on you, you're not there to hear it, but it can influence you, sure. But in this case, this is a more direct situation. This reminds me of the patient who was going to go see this movie, who she said, something inside me told me I shouldn't watch this movie but i watched it anyway well in this one let's see so the serpent says did god really say to you you must not eat from the from any tree in the garden so already the serpent is never going to give us words or um, speak to us in a way that's going to be obviously healthy for our souls that's the first thing we need to remember so the sin of entering into a conversation with this that's what's going to be hard. That's what's going to be tough on. That's what's going to influence our souls. That's what's going to influence the outcome. Because once I enter into, into a conversation with a diabolical, I'm opening up my senses, my mind, my hearing to nothing but confusion, even if it sounds like the truth. This is what gets so dangerous uh, with exorcists, with anybody who has to deal in that realm, where all of a sudden curiosity can get the best of them and they're going to want to know. Oh, which demon are you exactly? Who, what, 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 you know, are, you already gave me your name, but does that mean this or does that mean that? Does that really matter? It depends. I mean, for some cases it might matter in particular. It depends on each priest, but you can talk to any exorcist. Some, many exorcists fall into that trap of, oh, I kind of want to know more. I, I, I want to gain knowledge. And the woman said to the serpent, 
we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. So, you know, that's okay. We can eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from the tree, from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. So you can't eat it. You can't even touch it. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Saying you can't eat it, it's same saying you can't taste it, which is our senses. God is telling them already, Adam and Eve, don't, don't taste that. Don't touch it. Another sense. So the first sense that that he was using where the fall started was her sense of hearing. She listened to the diabolic. She listened to the snake. She listened to what the devil was telling her. She probably should not have opened up her sense of hearing in that respect at all. But, you know, that was the first sense. She was hearing. The next sense is God already warned her, don't taste it, don't touch it, the fruit. But she's in this conversation with the devil, who's going to do nothing but confuse her. And what does he say? He says, you will certainly not die. Changing the knowledge, changing the knowledge base, essentially saying God is a liar, right? This is where the confusion starts. She's using her ears, and he's, he's continuing to use her sense of hearing to confuse her. You're not going to die. God lied to you. God lied to you. I'm here to tell you the truth because you're not going to die. Okay, he said that to her. He says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Next census, sight. Your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Remember up to this point, what does Eve know? She only knows good. She doesn't have interactions with evil, although she's now interacting. She hasn't actually sinned. She has not. She doesn't have interaction with evil. Evil is not around her, not influenced by it, unless she's starting to open these doors. Right now, so far, it's hearing. But if she sins, it's going to open. What is it? She's going to taste it. She's going to touch it. And her eyes are going to be open. Right? So what happens next? When the woman saw, so now she's using her eyes upon evil. When she saw the fruit of the tree was good. You know, the fruit, the, the fruit of the tree was good for eating and pleasing to the eye. So now she's using her sense of sight. But here's the thing. The fruit in and of itself might not be bad, but God told her not to go near it. But don't touch it, don't taste it. She's looking at it, and now she's being convinced through her eyesight that it might not be so bad. And it was also desirable for gaining wisdom. That part right there, the gaining wisdom is going against God. What wisdom am I going to gain? I'm going to gain the wisdom of the snake, not of God. Because God told me not to go near it, and I should trust that whatever I need to know, God will provide. God will give me enough to know. But this is all of a sudden desirable for gaining wisdom. How would she even know that that was desirable for gaining wisdom? All God told her was, don't touch it, don't eat it, or you're going to die. And she says, mm, I think I'm going to listen to the snake on this one because he's telling me that I'm going to be smarter. I'm going to gain wisdom. So she took it, she touched it, and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it, which means that technically he touched it, he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Okay, folks, there's a whole lot of senses in there, right? We got all the senses in there. Sight, touch, sound. You hear that, 
And all of a sudden, what's the next sentence? And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God. First, they were listening to the devil. Now they hear the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They heard him and they could no longer be in his sight. Whole lot of senses going on there. And this is just the book of Genesis. You know, this is from the start. We start to see that our senses are going to have a very, very, very big influence on our spiritual life. What are we opening up our senses to? Are we truly using them in a way that we are allowing our bodies to move towards God? Uh, or are we using them in a way that we are making our bodies, and by bodies, I mean our, our physical bodies and our spiritual bodies, our soul. Are we moving everything in the direction towards God or are we making exceptions? Are we saying, you know what? The serpent was okay. It was right. Well, what happened to this patient? that I had seen. What happened to the patient we've been talking about? She went to the emergency department and didn't know what to do with her. Psychiatrist saw her there, actually put her on antipsychotic medication. Not bad. Um, small dose, because it, we needed to take care of the symptoms, right? The spiritual world there influenced her. All she did was watch this movie, and now she was literally hearing voices. There's no reason for her to make that up. Why would I, after watching the movie, want to make it up and go to the emergency department? She didn't need attention. She had a good life. There was nothing going on with her uh, otherwise. But they gave her uh, antipsychotic medication. Within a day, the voices cleared up. She got better. And all of a sudden, you know, I, like I mentioned, they had called uh, our department because they said, hey, she's got to be seen in psychiatry. Something is off. She needs to go and... Uh, and be evaluated. We gave her antipsychotic medication. Does she need more? You know, we think, that, we think she's going to more after the break. See what happened to this patient. All right, folks. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Doctor Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about what are we doing in our New Year resolution to become spiritually healthy, and how do we use our senses to do that. When we open up our senses, what do we open them up to? How do we know that we're opening them up to the right side of things spiritually, shall we say? Am I opening them up to the light? Am I opening them up to the darkness? Well, before the break, I was talking about a patient I saw who was referred to me because she had become diabolically influenced by watching a movie, by watching a uh, movie on uh, demonic possession. So what happens to this patient as she comes into my office? She was referred to me because uh, really at the end of the day, nobody else, none of the other psychiatrists were known to deal in the spiritual, uh, in the Catholic realm, or to even deal with deliverance, demonic possessions, things along those lines. Um, I only say that because it is kind of rare sometimes to have a psychiatrist do that. You get a, sm a spattering of us um, who are willing to even consider um, you know, the spiritual side of things, um, especially from a directly Catholic perspective, um, where we say, yeah, you know, there can be influence. In this case, it was pretty cut and dry. It was pretty cut and clear and dry. So they referred her to our department and they said, I got a message from uh, the director saying, hey, Dr. Samuel, we need you to handle this case because um, we just don't know what to do with it. You know, it's just, we believe that she was experiencing this, but her story, the way it came about, you know, she saw a movie, the movie had demonic influence and all of a sudden she's hearing voices and seeing things. That's not in the books. That's not in the psychiatric books. It's not uh, in our uh, DSM. Uh, we don't know what to do about that. 
So what happens in this case? She comes to my clinic and I sit down and we just have a conversation and I say, hey, how you doing? You know, how you been feeling? It's been three days since you were in the emergency department. And she said, oh, you know, I'm feeling better. She said, I haven't taken any more medication. I only took it that night. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm feeling a lot better. I said, are you still hearing voices or anything? She said, no, they went away. She said, but I'm still kind of scared. Like, I don't know. I just was not expecting that to happen. I'm a little bit scared. I don't know, um, what to do moving forward. What, what do I need to do? And so I, um, I just asked her, well, what happened? You know, give me, give me the breakdown. And she said, you know, I was hanging out with my daughter. She was kind of home from, from college and, um, we're hanging out. We're just watching, uh, we're deciding what to do. And, you know, it's kind of one of these things where, oh, wouldn't it be kind of cool to watch this uh, scary movie? Uh, you know, they say that it's a scary movie and whatnot. And, and she says, yeah, I thought, why not? You know, maybe I'll watch it. Um, but she said something inside me was telling me, no, you shouldn't watch that. And she kind of pushed that aside because she said, you know, I felt kind of like a, like a, what am I, a baby or something? Like I can't make my own decisions um, to watch movies. I'm an adult. Right. And this movie's for adults and I'm an adult. And so why not watch it? But there's kind of a nudge there saying, yeah, it just wasn't for me. Like I, there was something I couldn't make it out, but I hadn't, I hadn't experienced that before. So I just ignored it and I decided, you know what? I'm going to watch it anyway. So while I was going through the movie and I just really started getting scared. Something inside of me was changing. Uh, it was just, just a, a different kind of fear. You know, there's the fear that's outside of you where you're worried about, oh, what's going to happen outside of me? So this fear started welling up inside of me. It was a little bit different. It wasn't like I was afraid of walking down the hallway because something was going to happen, or I wasn't afraid of going to a different room because there was something scary in the different room. She said, I felt something scary inside of me. So it really didn't matter if I walked here, if I walked there, it just followed me. It was with me. Uh, and she said, and, and lo and behold, I started to all of a sudden hear things. And I started to hear voices and they were bad and they were telling me to hurt myself and hurt other people and bad things were going to happen. And she said, and these were like actual voices in my head. She said, I'd never experienced anything like that. And uh, she said, I started getting really worried and scared. So I went into my room and I was just kind of hiding. And I was telling my daughter, my daughter freaked out. And she said, you know, what's going on? And um, she says, uh, you know, I don't even know. I don't, I, I don't know what's happening to you. I think that we need to get you some help. So that's why she took me to the emergency department and the emergency department, um, you know, the, uh, the main thing is that, um, uh, they, you know, they evaluated me. They thought that I was experiencing a psychiatric breakdown, uh, and they gave me medication and it kind of helped, you know, but really more than anything else, she says, I honestly think it's tied to that movie. And I know that that sounds strange. It sounds weird. Nobody believes me. She said, but, uh, you know, other than that, like I think about what happened and, and quite honestly, somehow it was tied to me watching that movie. That's all that there, that's all that there was to it. I didn't do anything else. And so I told her, okay, well, you know, the good thing is that you're thinking clearly now. You're no longer hearing the voices. The medication worked. It helped. And that was wonderful. Um, and so that's good. And we'll keep going with, you know, with that. You don't need to continue to take the medication. I, I said, um, you know, you don't, as long as you're not hearing voices, this is a one-time occurrence, hopefully. Uh, and you're not going to be influenced further, I don't think, uh, because now you, you've listened to that nudge inside of you. Now you know what that sounds like. Something's telling you not to do that. And I think now you're going to say, uh, you know what? I've been here before. And I'm not going to head in that direction. Something inside of me is just telling me not to. I'm just going to move in a different way. I don't even need to know why. I don't need to go any further than that. I don't need to understand why I shouldn't touch that fruit. I don't need to understand why I shouldn't taste that fruit. All I know is that I'm just going to move away from it 
regardless of what the world is telling me, regardless of the world's telling me, no, you're going to learn some really cool things in this movie. No, you're going to see some, uh, you're going to gain spiritual knowledge in this movie. You're going to become more like God because you're going to understand the diabolical realm. You know, a lot of times for a lot of people, this is where I always tell them, you don't need that. You can just walk away. In fact, you don't even need to know what's going on or what's not going on in that realm. It doesn't belong to your part of life. There's no need to influence your life that way or to, to influence your mind that way. You can just walk over and look at what's going on in the parables. What's Jesus teaching me? What's going on in the Gospels? In fact, even if you read uh, the Gospel readings where Jesus exercises demons, you know, you can glean enough information there about the spiritual world to understand that I think I just need to follow Christ. And that's that's all there is to it. And if there is something odd or strange going on, you know, do I need to go talk to a priest or whatnot? For this particular lady, she didn't need to see a priest. The majority of us, the majority of people, anybody who's going to be influenced by something negative, it's not that you need to see a priest every single time. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people want to feel like, oh, I need to go get these, you know, every every single priest to to uh, bless me and to do this. You can become obsessed looking for a priest to say the exact right prayer and the exact right words. And all you need to do really more than anything else is go back, make an examination of conscience, go to confession, go receive the sacraments, say your daily prayers. Ask your guardian angel to come into your life. And that's about it. You know, lead a Catholic life. Just lead a normal Catholic sacramental life. Pretend you're in second grade, third grade, and your parents are telling you, hey, got to go to confession. Hey, we got to go to communion. Make sure you're nice to your friends. Make sure you listen to your teacher. Those same rules apply as an adult. Let me show that you're going to work. Do the job that you, that, you know, you have. God has an influence on what job we have. That's where God places for the moment. You need to change jobs and change jobs. But, you know, ultimately, there's not much else to it. There's not much else to it in terms of the spiritual world. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. I'm going to read a little bit from this book called The Sanctifier. It's about the Holy Spirit. Who do I want teaching me? Who, I, who do I want talking to me when it comes to my senses? But before I do, just a quick reminder, show is going to move. My show is going to be moving. It's still going to be on Thursdays, but it's going to be at a new time. It's not going to be at noon anymore. It's going to be at 10 a.m., so I know that I probably recorded here and said that we're at the top of the noon hour because that's what I'm used to, and we're used to praying the Angelus. But now it's going to be at 10 a.m., and uh, for anybody who wants to listen to it live uh, or the recording uh, uh, the first time it comes about, it'll be at 10 a.m. on Thursdays. Otherwise, it'll still be in the podcast uh, library, and you can always catch it there. But before, uh, But now let me read a little bit about, gosh, I don't want to end up like Eve in the garden, which we always do. You know, I can't blame you too much. We, we, uh, we're human. We all have the same temptations. We all uh, end up listening to the wrong things and think, oh, I'm going to get so much more knowledge and I'm going to be so much better off by listening to that versus just saying, nope, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that song. I'm not going to listen to that group anymore. I'm not going to listen to that particular artist. I'm not going to watch these particular movies because I don't even need them in my life. You know, the latest, usually a lot of the things that come out are not that good. So who am I going to allow to teach me? Well, there's this book called The Sanctifier, and it's by Archbishop Luis M. Martinez. He's passed away. He was the Archbishop of Mexico City. And he's very, very focused on the Holy Spirit. I love his writings because it reminds me that the Holy Spirit is my helper, my teacher, one who's going to influence me in many ways if I want to get into the positive aspects of my spiritual life. Well, let's read a little bit here and see what this says. It says, the intimate master of our souls is the Holy Spirit. 
<clears throat> Thus, Jesus taught in his discourse at the Last Supper, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your mind whatever I have said to you. And that's from uh, John chapter 14, verse 26. Listen to what Jesus is saying here. He's saying the Holy Spirit is going to teach you and bring to your mind whatever I have said to you. That's already our spiritual sense right there. The Holy Spirit is going to bring it to our minds. The words of Christ, what Christ really wants us to know, uh, not what the world wants us to know, but what Jesus wants us to know, the Holy Spirit's going to bring us that. Listen to the Holy Spirit as a teacher. How is he as a teacher? The Holy Spirit teaches everything, not only as earthly masters do by projecting the light of their explanations on the subject of these teachings, but intimately by communicating a new light, a divine light to the to the intelligence itself. His anointing teaches you concerning all things. And that was in the first John chapter two, verse 27. Again, it says his anointing teaches you concerning all things. We can trust every aspect of our lives to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide us, obviously, directly to Jesus Christ. The Spirit's teaching is unction. He teaches us by pouring himself into us gently and penetratingly. He teaches us as mothers teach their children with kisses and love. Very sweetly, the Holy Spirit, almost like a mother, with an indefiable outpouring of tenderness. Now, obviously, the Holy Spirit is not a mother. It's going to be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But what the, the Archbishop here is trying to convey is that the love of the Holy Spirit is very gentle, very tender. We learn from him as we perceive the fragrance of a perfume. So we savor the sweetness of a fruit or enjoy the caress of a breeze that unfolds us. Notice that again here, the Archbishop is using senses. This is what I love is again, it says that we perceive the fragrance, the sense of, of smell of perfume, you know, and we savor the sweetness so we can taste the Holy Spirit in our life. The light of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of love. It is a happy consequence of union. This is folks where we got to turn to the Holy Spirit. This is where we got to ask ourselves, where is it that I need to grow spiritually this year? What's my New Year resolution to get stronger? My New Year's resolution is to turn all my senses to the Holy Spirit, to turn away from that which is worldly and will lead me towards a path of darkness and instead head towards that path of light with the Holy Spirit. So until next week, folks, I would say whatever your New, Year, New Year's resolution is, bring the Holy Spirit into that and ask him for the light of life through our senses. I bet you will be so much spiritually stronger. You're going to see things that we couldn't have even imagined was going to influence our life in a positive way. And until next week, this is Dr. Samuel saying, the Catholic, and don't forget, the show will be at 10 a.m. on uh, Thursday.